Hey there. How's it going? Thanks for uh, joining the Film Survivor Podcast again this week. Uh, I'm your host, Tom Santilli. RealityT.com is where you can find the recap of tonight's double episode of Survivor Game Changers. Uh, so, spoiler warning right off the bat here. This podcast is meant for people that have already seen the episode. So if you haven't already seen it, go see it. And then check out my recap on RealityT.com. Uh, again, I'm your host, Tom Santilli. Uh, you can find all of my coverage, all of my movie reviews, because I am the national film critic for Access.com as well as covering Survivor. You can find all of that stuff on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash film survivor. And also on my website, TomSantilli.com. So let's get right into it. Last spoiler warning. Pause this podcast or come back to it when you've seen the episode. And boom, we're good. So, double episode of Survivor. Uh, usually, double episodes could it could spell the fact that there's some predictability happening. Uh, sometimes we, in the past, double episodes have been like, oh, it's a uh, you know, it's a bad stretch, uh, it's a boring stretch of episodes where we're just gonna get through some predictable tribal councils to get to the good stuff. Uh, but that was not the case tonight. There were two pretty solid episodes of Survivor. It's always good around the merge. Uh, the merge, of course, is the point of the game where you know it's just it's one of the most pivotal parts of the game. It's one of the most exciting as a fan to watch all of these people kind of you know mix it up for the first time. Uh, the individual portion of the game really kicks in, and most winners of Survivor can look back to the merge as kind of you know, the trajectory, you know, whatever happens at the merge kind of, you know, sends people on their way to either winning the game or losing the game. So always some good, entertaining stuff here. And this episode didn't disappoint. Of course, it was coming on the heels of last week's uh, highly controversial, emotional episode, uh, you know, where Jeff Verner outed Zeke as being transgender uh, think of that as what you will, but I kind of like how this episode dealt with it. It didn't leave it in the past. Uh, when we started this episode, you know, we, we came and we saw the reaction that people were still dealing with the next morning. And I think that what people were dealing with out on the island, it kind of covers what people are dealing with out in the real world. You know, you have people like Sarah, who's angry and, you know, still not able to forgive. Uh, then you have people like Ty, who you know, felt compassion for Varner. Nobody's saying what he did was was right in any stretch of the imagination, but people f- feel for him. You know, they have some compassion as a human. And I feel like that spectrum uh, was, was shown nicely on TV and also uh, reflects kind of what the audience was feeling. Uh, but it was good. It was good to hear from Zeke himself tonight who, you know, you know, said, yeah, that wasn't what I wanted to have happen, but you know what? Let's just get back to it. Let's just get back to the game of Survivor. So let's do that. We're moving on. We're past last week. The last note, I guess, one, one quick thing. I lied. I uh, want to mention, too, you know, Jeff Verner actually was fired from his job last Thursday. Uh, while he was doing press uh, for his episode, he received notification that he was had been let go from his real estate agency that he had been working for uh, because of the show. They, they didn't want to, they wanted to, you know, nothing to do with the controversy of, of Jeff Verner. So he lost his job and he's continuing to deal with the aftermath of, uh, of what he decided to do. 
So take that and do what with it what you will. Uh, so today's episode of the podcast again, we're gonna go over what happened in the episode. I'm gonna talk about some things, get some thoughts out, uh, you know, get some things off my mind here. Uh, but we're gonna be talking to both uh, of the people that were voted out of last night's episode. We're gonna be talking to Haley Ford and Ozzy Luzth or Luzth or Ozzy L or just Ozzy as I'll call him. So. Uh, yeah, so we got Haley, we got Ozzy coming up, I talked to both of them, and, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, so the double episode, what did I love about the double episode? Well, the first thing I, I, I thought was interesting, again, is not only was this a merge, but you have people playing at such a high level. Uh, you have so many cooks in the kitchen right now. You have, uh, you know, people like Andrea and Sari. Uh, more on Sari in a little bit here, but Andrea and Sari really, you know, kind of stepped up and wanted to take control of things tonight. On the other side of the spectrum, you had Brad and Sierra. But then I, I just loved how, again, there was like too many generals and not enough soldiers uh, right now in the game. So, you know, here's Andrea trying to, you know, make a move and, and you know, dictate what's happening to Zeke. And Zeke doesn't like not being in control. Uh, so what does Zeke do? He decides to take things into his own hands, and he goes off to tell Sierra about Andrea's plans. But then you have Sierra, who's playing her own game, and she doesn't just take what Zeke's saying as gospel. She takes that information, and what does she do? She goes across enemy lines, technically, to go tell Sari about what Zeke did. Crazy. And then elsewhere, you have Deb who, you know, also wasn't buying what Zeke was selling, and uh, she's playing her own game. And it ends up being Deb's idea. It ends up being Deb's idea, uh, and she sets the wheels in motion to oust Ozzy, the legendary Ozzy, Luzd, or however you want to pronounce it. Uh, so, wow. Just everybody playing playing their game. Um and then you got in the mix of all this, how about Ty? Little Ty Trang, man. <laughs> this dude, uh, you know, yeah, sure he's wishy-washy. Sure he was flipping all over the places last season. This dude can win, man. This this guy can really win this, this season. I, I'm starting to see a path where Ty can win the game. He, everybody loves Ty. I don't think that there's one person out there that wouldn't say that he's a great person uh they like being around him he's a genuine individual he is a guy that nobody would feel bad about giving a million dollars to uh if he's sitting at the end uh against some people that have backstabbed their way to the final council ty can get enough votes to win and with 11 people left in the game ty has two hidden idols still in his possession now, can he play them properly, effectively? That remains to be seen. But he has every chance right now, and maybe more of a chance than most other players, to really get there. Because who's gunning for Ty, too? He's in the background. Nobody is looking at Ty as a threat to win the game at the moment, I don't think. Uh, and then on top of that, the guy can win challenges. It was an epic battle tonight between the legendary Ozzy and, and, and little Ty as they went up there and hung on to that pole for nearly two hours. You had some people, half of the contestants, 
dropped off within 30 seconds, and then here these guys are up there for nearly two hours. A challenge that Ozzy had dominated twice before in his past seasons, and then Ty comes out on top. So the guy can win challenges. Uh, he has a resume already for doing a couple big moves, and uh, he has a bunch of idols in his possession. So look out for Ty. And then back to Deb for a minute too. I mean, why not Deb? Uh, she's playing up the crazy Deb card right now, and, and it, it's making her not a threat. I mean, nobody is looking at at, at, as Deb, at Deb as a threat to win anything. So, at the same time, she's subtly throwing out what she wants to do. She's controlling her own game. And, uh, you know, yeah, she threw out the double votes tonight. Um, it ended up not being a big deal, the extra vote that she won, the advantage that she had from Exile, the Exile Yacht. But, uh... I don't know if that is a, you know, I, I still like the play, I guess, because, you know, she doesn't know if if Siri, who, you know, votes the way that she was supposed to vote and, and vote towards Zeke there, uh, and then if Sarah, who, began, remember, this is the very, you know, I guess it's the second vote now after the, the merge, but if, if Sarah decides to go the other way um, and Deb only casts one vote, then Zeke is out of the game, and that hurts Deb's game. So she felt, why not put two votes on Ozzy? It'll guarantee, no matter what Sarah does, no matter what Sari does, it, you know, it, it'll guarantee the fact that um, the person that I want to go home will go home. And uh, so I don't, I don't look at that as a wasted vote, but it's out in the open now. Deb doesn't have that advantage anymore. Boom. So, but I think Deb is playing a, a, a crafty game, a more crafty than people might give her credit for. Nobody's looking to get rid of Deb. Uh, on the flip side of things, let's talk about Sari. She is, without a doubt, the most dangerous person left in the game. Let's make that abundantly clear. Sari, for those who have seen her play in the past, it is incredible to me, Sari's ability to play this game. She's like a next-level player, uh, as my friend Gordon Holmes uh, from XfinityTV.com referred to her uh, today. She's a next-level survivor player, and she showed why tonight. Uh, she is one of the most perceptive uh, players ever to play the game, the most aware. She has an incredible social game. She has almost no physical game whatsoever, which makes her never a threat. Uh, you know, And here she is. A power player in the game, the legendary, you know, she has a lot of, um, her reputation precedes her, and she was given the best set of cards to play with this, this game. She did not, tonight, uh, marked her first, or that, you know, this episode marked her first tribal council of the season, of the season, so we're talking about day 22, or something like that. Uh, without having gone to one single tribal council for Suri. That's amazing. Not only does that give you longevity in the game, not only does that give you a free pass you know, through over half of the days that you have to play the game, but she has 20 days to just simply build social connections and relationships. That's it. She doesn't have to worry about strategy or anything else like that. She never had to reveal her cards or where, where she stood. And so... People genuinely like Suri. Good for Zeke for at least 
realizing he seems to be the only person out there that is uh, that they've shown at least that is worried about Suri as as winning. Um, he sees Suri as a threat, whereas surprisingly nobody else does at the moment. Um, but Suri's in control. I love what she did with Michaela tonight. You know, M- Michaela, to her credit, sees the the benefits of working with Suri. Uh, you know, it's like an what an advantage, you know, to just have the wisdom of Suri uh, instilled upon you. Um, and it really helped Michaela out. It not only got her through a tight vote where she could have gone home, but now it's put Michaela, you know, firmly in Suri's pocket. I think that was a, a brilliant move by Suri, and I think it was, again, like all of the best Survivor moves ever, it was half half genuine and half strategic. And if you can get those two things to line up, uh, you're in good shape as far as game strategy goes. What else did we learn tonight? You know, we were reminded quickly that Sierra still has a legacy advantage. She chose not to use it at 13, which means that she can only use it at uh, six people left. Uh, the legacy advantage has never really come into play because it's never really been needed to pass down. Um, and I, probably not what the producers are hoping for with that thing, but anyway, that's still out there. And then you got Ty with two idols, and you got Troy Zan still with an idol. Now, you know, interestingly though, you've got these two sides, these two factions, and then you got Sarah who's kind of in the middle now, and you got Zeke in the middle. They're both in the middle, but for totally different reasons. Zeke now is in the middle because he screwed up. Uh, he overplayed his hand, as he did about this point last season that he played. And now uh, his own tribe doesn't want to deal with him. And the, you know, Sierra and Brad's team is also noticing that, you know, hey, this guy can't be trusted. So that is what it is. Then you got Sarah, who is in the middle by design. Uh, she's been playing a great strategic game. Um, she found herself in a position where she could have gone either way and it could have swung the game. She decided to vote out Ozzy, which is a huge physical threat and maybe a good move. And uh, now with Ozzy gone, she can do whatever she wants, as we saw in the preview for next week. Uh, Sarah is uh, a threat out there, and I think she's been playing a, a very a very good strategic game, very good subtle game. And it'll be interesting to see where she goes. Uh, people like Troyzan, he's got an idol, but some people are going to have to start playing this game. You know, let's be frank. Uh, you got to start playing the game. You got to build a resume. Uh, Troyzan is still there, but he has no shot of winning at this point. He, he's looked at as being in Brad's pocket. You know, you, you got to start making moves. You got to start doing something in order to be considered, uh, you know, a winner at the end of this game. So, you know. Him, you know, a couple other people maybe out there right now just kind of floating around. But for the most part, it's a lot of big names, big players. Uh, but, yeah. So there you have it. I thought it was a pretty good uh, good start to the merge uh, phase of the game. We're going to shift gears in a second here, and we're going to talk uh, to the two people that were voted out again uh, without further ado here. So we got... Um, we got Mr. Ozzy Luzth, or Luzth, whatever you want to say, or Lusth. I guess you could be pronounced different ways. Anyway, you got Ozzy, then you got Haley. Uh, I, I chatted with them both. 
Uh, first up, though, here is my interview with Ozzy. All right, Tom. <laughs> hey, Ozzy, man. How you feeling today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, sorry to see you go last night, man. I know that you have a, you know, a rabid fan following, um, as <laughs> being one of the the faces of Survivor over the years. I know. It's a. I I feel. I feel bad for letting them down. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So, you know, you got you got voted out last night. Um, when you were walking away from that tribal, in your mind, who did who did you blame, if anybody, uh, for for your exit? Oh, I blamed Debbie, one hundred percent. Did you see it coming in any way? Um, you know, I didn't really see it coming until she pulled out her stupid vote. <laughs> that's when you kind of knew. Yeah, that's when I knew that something was amiss. Well, they had also kind of been building this subplot uh, all season between you and Sari. Um, you know, it seemed like you—you you seemed like you legitimately wanted to be able to trust uh, and, and work with her this season and kind of get over your guys' past uh, from prior seasons. Uh, she threw a vote away last night towards Sierra. Um, did she have your back at Tribal last night, or, or do you feel like she fought for you in any way? Was she on your side? Um. You know, I did feel like she was on my side. I'm not sure what, why she voted for Sierra. Um, you know, I I think that there. I don't really know. I don't really know what her thinking was. Um, she genuinely looked surprised. Um, I think maybe she thought that it was going to be Zeke, um, and then Debbie pulled out that vote, which was kind of inconsequential at that point, mm-hmm. but. I could have had a tie vote if I had gotten those those two other. I'm not sure who it was. It was uh, three voted for Sierra and somebody voted for Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough. Um. But yeah, I wish I wish you know in hindsight that I had worked a little closer with Sari from the beginning. And you know, like I mentioned before, you, you know, your rep, you got to know that your reputation, you know, precedes you. When you come into this game, you know, you're one of the huge uh, threats right off the bat. You know, because you're Ozzy, uh, you're one of the known as one of the best challenge beasts in the history of the game. Um, and you, you got to know that once you get to the individual portion of the game, that's really when the target's going to get on you because a lot of people are going to think like, man, we can't let Ozzy just win his way, you know, to the end. Um, does this reputation that you've built for yourself in any way, does it add any pressure to you when you were out there, like having to live up to uh, this legend that you've created? Of course. Yeah, I mean, having having the reputation that I do, it it it's a little unnerving because I know that people are going to be gunning for me and that I have to be, you know, I've got to be the best version of myself. But at the same time, it it's it's a beautiful thing to know that you know, I have this sort of reputation. I'd much rather play the way that I always have, mm-hmm. play a loyal game, play in a way that I embrace the um, the entire experience of Survivor, and that I I don't really play from a place of fear. And you know, I'm I'm happy to bow out as much as I hate it to go out of the game. You know, the third week in, than to be a lying, cheating sniveling sort of fear-mongering uh, player and make it to the end. I couldn't have lived with myself 
the money is not worth it and the uh, the win is not worth it. And it's safe to say then, I mean, a couple years back there was a debate, you know, between old school and new school kind of players. It's safe to say then that you obviously feel mo- much more comfortable uh, with the old school approach to the game as opposed to trying to adapt to the kind of new cutthroat uh, atmosphere. Um, I think that it, it's the game is always going to evolve and people are going to try to 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 change the way that it's played and I think that if anything hopefully I can influence another way of, of playing the game and there is an opportunity for people to and hopefully I can inspire the next round of players to go in and really to embrace the experience and to hold each other up and to play from a place of uh, of of joy not a place of fear okay uh, who did you hope to go with to the end? Who were you the most loyal to that you would hope to sit next to at the end of the season? I was hoping to sit next to Zeke and either Sari, Andrea, or Sarah. Um, those were the people, or Brad Culpepper. Um, I, I felt like, you know, Brad had an opportunity to play with me and that we could have really done some great things in the game. Um, and I think that he took an e- sort of easy way out by voting me out and eliminating. It was smart of him, mm-hmm. um, but I felt like I felt like he, as a competitor, as an NFL player, would have taken the competition and wanted the competition and not mm-hmm. the easy way out. With. Uh... You know, last week's tribal, of course, uh, people, you know, have kind of been able to digest that now over the past week. But, you know, for you, that happened like 10 months ago, being being present for all that. Uh, as time has passed, uh, what are your thoughts towards Jeff Varner uh, and everything that occurred last week? Well, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I was disappointed in Jeff. I think that, you know, he let fear drive him to the decision to out Zeke. And unfortunately, the ramifications on Jeff's life are something that, you know, something that he's going to feel um, for a long time, um, that guilt. And the, the only good news is I think that it, it allows us as, as human beings, as, as, as watchers of Survivor, it's an opportunity for us to really examine how we treat all people. And it gives us the opportunity to really look at the fact that, you know, there's a, there's a large group of people that are not given the same rights as everybody else and are discriminated against, and it's not right. And this is an opportunity for us to change that. You know, we need to demand from our politicians, from our president, to do the right thing and to give rights where they're due. Everybody on this planet deserves equal rights. It doesn't matter how they identify what they look like, who they are. We all deserve the same rights. And this is, this is gladly and, and happily, this is an opportunity for us to use, you know, something as some, you know, some would say trivial as a TV show to really change the way that we are as human beings. Amen to that, man, uh, for, for sure. Uh, and Ozzy, I'm, I'm out of time now, man. So, um, I appreciate talking to you, man. It was great watching you again, 128 days in the game now of survivor, uh, I don't know if that means we'll see you back if you're going to try shooting for 200 days at one point or not here, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what you got uh, coming up the pipe. Thanks a lot. Uh, 
Thank you so much. All right. Take care. And there you have it. There was my interview with Ozzy. Uh, Shortly thereafter, I was able to uh, chat with Haley Ford. Uh, Haley Ford was the first person voted out of the episode and uh, the first member of the Survivor jury. And uh, here was my chat with Haley. Hey, how are you doing? This is Haley Ford. Oh, Haley, you called me directly. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> Good. You apparently keep freaking people out. <laughs> yeah, no, usually I'm used to the little introduction uh, and then the connection. Right. But no, that's cool. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, here we are. Good. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for chatting with me today. Uh, how how are you doing today? How's the press day going? Yeah. Um, it's good. It's kind of grueling, but like I'm actually enjoying it. Okay. Cool. Now, once I'm a little more awake. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, um, let's go back to the beginning too. Um, you know, when you were selected for Survivor Game Changers, um, you know, you were one of the people that people were kind of wondering, you know. Did you change the game? Were you a game changer? Um, you know, CBS and Probst have, have, have a lot of faith in you uh, on the show. Were you surprised when you got the call to be a part of the Game Changers cast? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. Well, let me pre- rephrase. I was surprised when I found out the theme of the show. I was ecstatic to get the call back to come on. I had no idea what the theme was. Sure. But when I found out the theme was Game Changers, I was like, what? I didn't do anything. I, like, sat around and made friends and wove baskets. Like, I didn't even know why I was getting a call back. I was happy. But I know. I don't think I fit in with this cast. So when you're feeling that about yourself and you get out there and you see all these Survivor legendary, you know, players that have played, was there – I mean, I know I, I kind of saw in your pregame interview that um, you, you kind your goal was to kind of not be one of the people that stood out, you know, kind of fly under the radar um, yeah. sort of thing. But was there an intimidation factor there too, though, with all these other people you saw out there? No, I was really happy with my position in the game. I thought that I was in a secret power position, and I was really happy with all of the big threats. And it kind of played out how I expected that the threats were going to be targeted. And they were just one after another. Um, but I don't know where it blew up. My strategy didn't get me far at all um, because that was my, my pitch on the last day. My pitch at almost every turn was like, hey, guys, I'm just this little nothing player. Don't vote me out. I'm, on, I'm your number. I'm your soldier. So, um, but it didn't, it didn't work out in the long run. I don't know why people were gunning for me. It made no sense. Yeah, and as Zeke kind of said too, I think at Tribal Council last night, um, at one of the Tribal Councils, um, that's kind of the strategy, right? Is you want people to think that you're not a good player or not that great uh, or you're not that strategic, you're not thinking that deep into the game when in fact you really are. Right. And, you know, that that's kind of the strategy yeah. to go deep. And that was that, were you trying to make other players underestimate you? Well, I was, but I think that for me it holds water a lot more than it would if Sandra was making that argument or three or one of these legends. Right, sure. Because I literally, I actually did nothing, and I hadn't done much. I wasn't, like, super awesome in challenges, and I didn't think awful in the first individual immunity challenge. So I just thought it was, it was a completely worthwhile argument for them to consider that I was, I was a person to keep for numbers. Not too many Survivor players can say that they um, opened uh, the Ponderosas of their seasons uh, all by themselves, two in a row. What was that like? To... I'm the only one, apparently. <laughs> what was that like to go 
kind of outed in the same exact spot um, that you went out oh, the first time. Oh, so annoying. I don't know <laughs> if they showed it or not, but I didn't eat for like two hours after I got voted out. I was so mad. <laughs> like, are you serious? Because I gave it my all this season, and I got the exact same result. And I was, and, and I again, I was just this pointless, time-saving vote that wasn't strategic and didn't move anyone ahead. It just delayed the inevitable. And I was so frustrated that in this team in Game Changers, that was me again. So it was deja vu on every single level, even the reasoning and voting me out. Right. Now, when when you were out there, um, at least as how is how is it it was displayed on television anyway. Um, you were shown as you didn't really show uh, like getting in tight alliances. Like a lot of people are out there, they're forming day one alliances, those kinds of things. Did, did you, did you have closer relationships and closer alliances than we saw on television? That was, um, I mean, in the edit, they have to follow the stories that are the ones that are really, um, explaining to the viewers, the vote, I think, but I had a conversations with everyone out there and I had a really tight relationships with Choi Van, Michaela, um, uh, honestly, with Sierra and Debbie, we were like three peas in a pod, <laughs> uh, but apparently that wasn't real um, at all. And Brad and I even had this really, I felt like it was a pretty strong rapport where we could talk about a lot of different things. But um, what I was explaining, I don't know how much you got of it, was that I, I feel like at the Malcolm vote, I really severed relationships I had been building with the mm. original nukes like Brad, Sierra. Debbie, Ty, all them. Um, um, so I don't, I, I don't know. What, whatever relationships I did have didn't pan out. Well, um, I loved how, I loved how like forward you were and and how willing to shake things up you were at tribal council um, this year. Yeah. Uh, all the tribal councils you were at, I really thought they were like a a plus tribal council performances. Um, what was your mindset going into some of those? Like, it it seemed like on some of them you were truly maybe like a free agent and you were, you were really willing to shake things up. Uh, what was your mindset? Well, this last tribal, I was in a state of, I couldn't believe it, that I literally was at this juncture again and I was about to be another vote that meant nothing for the game. Mm. I mean, I was, I was so adamant that they make the move to shake me down, like for the idol, because I didn't think that that I, I didn't believe that could really be the reason behind the vote. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, why would they think I had an idol? There has to be something else here. And what I think this vote is is that no one's willing to make a move. Everyone's just afraid. And what I pitched to people all day long was, like, now is when we need to get the numbers. We need to pull in Aubrey. Uh, get Debbie locked in um, with me, Brad, Sierra, uh, Choizan, and Michaela, and we could have gone places, but they were so glued to this idea of the original Nuku, or mm-hmm. I honestly don't know what the, I, I think it was a very stupid vote, and that some people could have taken control of the game and missed an opportunity. Were you, you had, now you played before with Sierra. Um, what was your relationship with her like uh, heading into the season? And then how, how was that um, between the two of you out there this season? She seemed to have a, a hand in, you know, bringing up your name uh, to, to get you voted out this season. 
she did, didn't she? I don't know why. I mean, we're not friends. We don't, we didn't stay in touch after Worlds Apart at all. Um, okay. She was really in with the Dirty 30. I was good friends with some people, but she and I just never really, I don't know, we just weren't friends. I, I don't have anything against her. I think she's awesome. Um, but we just, we weren't tight. And then going into this game, I just, I really put forth an effort to have a relationship with Sierra, but it is just like she has something against me. I don't know what. You've now played twice. Um, what do you consider to be, what's your, your weakness as a survivor player? What do you feel, um, is, is, is your weakness as a player? I feel like I flip, I changed my, my mind too much. Um, I think that to make moves, you have to get an idea, commit to it. And then when other people see that leadership of like, here's the idea guys that I have, then they're going to go with your idea. Mm -hmm. I, um, I just overcomplicated things. And I think that if I would just kind of make a decision and stick with it more, Mm-hmm. then I could have more drive in the decision-making. But out there, I, I never quite felt um, secure like I did even in my first season. It was like I was always on the outs trying to get in. Mm-hmm. So I didn't exactly form plans and, like, force people to follow my plans. I was more like just trying to figure out what the plan was and make sure that it wasn't me. Um, so I think if I, if I would play it again that I would – I would just go with my plans and for hell or high water mm-hmm. um, convince other people to join me. Yeah, I, I saw, too, in the little videos that they put out pregame this season, you had made a comment like um, you, were, you, didn't really, you weren't really happy with, uh, or you hated, I think is what you said, your last game, uh, your, kind of the game that you played. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what, was in, what, were you, uh, what was the changes that you wanted to really make uh, coming out of the gate? Um, this time and then what do you, did that did you end up doing it or did it uh, what did it derail at some point and if so where do you point to as where it started derailing well I did everything I wanted to do my first game I was just clueless because I wasn't focused on survivor at all I didn't care about survivor <laughs> I cared so much about what was going on at home I was just checked out okay so that's why I was devastated that I just threw this opportunity away to play the game um and I wanted to get on again so bad just to actually play Survivor and apply myself. And that's what I did this game. I really I really applied myself and I engaged. So I'm at peace with Survivor now. I'm comfortable with, with what I did out there. But as far as where it derailed this game, um, I think that I think that I put um, getting along with people in a social way at in too, I put too much value on that in Survivor when really you just need to make a way to like people mm-hmm. and to get along with them. And I just liked my first original Monotribe and I made that my strategy. I was like, well, whatever I can do to just work with them, that's what I want to do because I like them. Mm-hmm. When really I should have just thrown that out the window when I was spending so little time with them or so much time apart and, and spent some more time digging into those um, Debbie, Sierra, relationships even if it wasn't what i wanted sure well um my time is almost up my my final question for you is uh you know had you 
stayed in the game at that point in the game. Uh, who would you have really liked to have uh, sat next to at the end? <laughs> well, those, it's very different questions who I'd like to sit next to and who <laughs> I want, would want to be at the end. I'd <laughs> like to sit next to probably like Troy Zan, Sierra, okay. someone like that. Sure. Um, who I want to see at the end at this point, I love Andrea. I was like Andrea's cheerleader. Um, <laughs> I love Michaela. I hope that she goes deep. And I think Zeke is a really cool survivor player, and I'd like him to go deep too. Well, Haley, it was great watching you play again. Um, I hope you had uh, fun out there, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in your your real life as a as a lawyer. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Same to you. Yeah. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> take take, take care. care. Yep. And there is that. There is my interview with Haley. Uh, so that kind of concludes uh, the week. Um, we're not going to even talk about movies this week. Uh, Fate of the Furious absolutely kicked butt at the box office last week, broke all kinds of records. This week has some new releases, but none of them are that good, so I'm not even going to waste time or waste your time. But go check out my, my movie reviews if you'd like. Uh, my review of Fate of the Furious is up from last week. It, uh, you can find it at Tom Santilli on Twitter, uh, facebook.com forward slash film survivor. And, of course, uh, my website, TomSantilly.com. So there you go. Next week, uh, we join me again for another uh, edition of the Film Survivor Podcast. We'll have another exit interview with the person who becomes the third member of the Survivor Jury. And I thank you for joining me here. Uh, have a good week, and we will see you then. I'm Tom Santilli. We'll talk to you later.